Hello, friends and family. This is Mary Smith. I am the author and recorder of this podcast, An Educator's Legacy. Uh, We're just doing it straight up anymore, guys, because nobody's really listening anyway. So I'm going to say what I want, and then I'm going to do what I want. So if you don't like it, hit pause, hit stop, exit now. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. We've all had a class that's just a little difficult to handle. Sometimes it's the students that are off. Sometimes it's the mix of students that creates the chaos. And then there's the combination of the two. The students that are off and it's a bad mix of kids. Thanks for joining me for episode 10 of An Educator's Legacy titled Island of Misfits. I had a year like that back many years ago. These are the different students that I had. I had the vibrator, the pooper, the screamer, the cusser, the hider, and the runner. Now, let me give you a little bit of a breakdown about each one of them. The vibrator was a little young man. This is when I was teaching third grade. The vibrator was a young man who would stick his hand down his pants touching himself, and he would vibrate uncontrollably every time I spoke to him. If I even walked near him, he would stick his hand down his pants and immediately start to vibrate. It was the strangest thing you'd ever want to see. The pooper. The pooper handled things by smearing poop everywhere. He would go to the bathroom and then smear poop along the walls. Um, thankfully he never smeared it in the classroom because honestly, I didn't let him drop his drawers in the classroom. If he had to go to the bathroom, I let him go to the bathroom. But then I always had to have somebody follow up to see if he had been smearing poop on the walls. And that was what he liked to do. He liked to go in the bathroom, poop, and then smear it all over the walls, the toilet, the floors, etc. Then I had the screamer. That was a child that would crawl under the desk and literally scream at the top of his lungs as he would kick the bottom of the table. Now, we didn't have desks per se. We had tables in that third grade classroom where like four children would sit at a table, unless your class was really crowded, then it was like six. But the most of the time we had four kids to a table and he would crawl under the table, lay on his back, scream as loud as he could, and kick the bottom of the table. Then we had the cusser. The cusser was just that, a cusser. He cussed all the time. I mean, it was hard to keep him not from cussing. He liked to cuss. We had the hider, which was a little boy who suffered from autism. And um, when things got uncomfortable for him, he would go hide in the closet or under a pile of clothes or, you know, jackets, or behind the backpacks, or wherever he would hide. And then I had the runner, to where every time he got uncomfortable, he would get up and run out of the classroom, all the way out of the building sometimes, into the ditch or the neighborhood. So sometimes you just end up with this mix of kids who have their own little issues. But the question is, how do you manage 
the unmanageable behaviors. When you have a child who screams and another who cusses, and then one that hides or another one that runs, one who likes to poop everywhere, and then one who vibrates every time and touches himself every time you come near him, what do you do? Well, let's look at some classroom management strategies that worked for me that year. Um, in, even though they're a little unconventional, maybe not. Number one thing I did was let them have their strange behaviors, and I accepted them as normal. But at the same time, I was trying to teach them some more appropriate ways to cope with whatever discomfort they were feeling at the time. It's difficult to deal with students when you don't know what's going on or what's causing it, but you do need to let them have their strange behaviors and accept them as normal because it is their normal. Okay. The second thing is build their trust by allowing them to have their behavior and still making sure that they know that you still love them regardless of what happens. Um, that's kind of difficult to do sometimes. And I can remember talking to some of these students and telling them, you've got to quit doing this. This is not acceptable behavior. Um, we did this little experiment with a vibrator to see what would happen if it was just me that he stuck his hand down his pants for or if he did it for everyone. And it turns out it was just me. And so when I was talking to him about it, I asked him, why do you do that every time I come near you? And the whole time that I'm talking to him, his hand is down his pants and he's vibrating. And all he could say is, I don't know, I don't know, in his little vibrate voice. And so sometimes you can figure it out, sometimes you can't. But they have to know that you still like them, okay? I will tell you that most of the time I did not allow him to touch me because his hands were always down his pants. Okay, another thing is, is when they have an outburst or display of the undesired behavior, move everyone else to a different section of the classroom and let them do their thing. You can have a conversation with your class and say, look, this is how so-and-so copes with their anxiety or copes with things that bother them or discomfort them or they're not sure about. This is a normal behavior for them. And if you tell children that, nine times out of ten, those kids just accept it for what it is. And a lot of times, no matter which one of our children were acting out, um, whether it be the screamer, the cusser, the runner, the hider, it didn't matter. My kids just got to where they just kept on working because I didn't want those kids to become the center of attention because of their behavior. And that was what I told the other kids too. I said, look, this is how they handle certain situations and you wouldn't want everybody staring at you while you were doing it, so we're not going to stare at them. So what we're going to do is we're going to continue working and act like they're not even there and let them do their thing. And then when they're ready, they're going to rejoin the group. And it's not that big of a deal. So we once, like when the screamer would crawl under the desk and start screaming, one of the kids at his table would always just look at me and go, can we move? Uh, yes, you can. And they would move to a different spot. He would crawl under the table, kick and scream as loud as he wanted. And we just kept right on doing and doing what we were always doing. Because I didn't want everyone to be watching them and for it to stop the learning that should be going on. Also, when they've settled down a little bit 
and the other students have started some kind of independent work, I would go over and talk privately to the kids who's having the inappropriate behavior and give them a choice to either complete their work now or complete it at another time that they didn't want to complete it, like recess or lunch or during a free time that the rest of the class will be getting. And I wanted to make sure that I didn't reward the misbehavior. Um, One of the things that I used to do with the screamer was ask him, do you want to do your work now or do you want to do your work at lunch? Because if you do it at lunch, you're going to have to sit in the classroom with me and eat your lunch while um, everyone else is in the cafeteria or at recess, whatever the the case may be. And I figured out that he wanted to have lunch with me. So I took that consequence away and I made it a reward. So when he was able to control his behavior for a certain period of time, I turned it into a reward instead of a behavior and he got to have lunch with me. So be cognizant of whether it's actually being perceived as a reward or a consequence because some of the things that we think are consequences might actually be rewards. Okay, also, when they're not experiencing the behavior, maybe have a conversation about why they exhibit the behavior they do. It'll give you a better understanding of them and help you become more tolerant. Now, the screamer was the one that that bothered me the most because crawling under the table and the constant screaming and kicking just was... It just, I don't know. It was hard for me because it was so stinking loud. It was so disruptive. It caused us to have to move. Sometimes we would move to the hall and let him have the classroom by himself. And so one time when he wasn't in the middle middle of the um, behavior, I asked him, I said, why do you crawl under the table and um, scream and kick the table? And he said, because if I don't, then I feel like my head's going to blow off. I have to get it out, and that's the only way I know to get it out. Okay. Well, you know what? Honestly, that makes sense to me. Student behavior has been and will always be a challenge when educating our youth. Some of our students come with broken hearts, others with broken bones, others with broken minds and broken emotions. It's still our job to educate them the best way possible. I can tell you that as challenging as these behaviors were in the classroom, imagine how challenging they must be for their parents. We deal with them for one year. They deal with them for a lifetime. Imagine the legacy you're creating with your students when you're accepting of them the way they come to you. When you meet them right where they are, not only academically, but the whole child as well, and you develop that system of trust and love and support, and you create in them a sense of worth and value. You're leaving a positive legacy that they may have never experienced before, and they may never experience it again. Now go out there and make a difference. Tune in next week for episode 11 titled, Pete Hall, the man, the myth, the legend. Until then... Go out and leave your legacy. Y'all, big, big news. This format of podcasting that I've been doing is about to end. 
In January, I'm beginning interviews with educators who have made a significant impact to the field of education. I am so stinking excited to announce that my very first interview is with none other than world-famous Pete Hall of Hall Education. Pete, Alyssa Simmerall, and I have been working on a book together titled Reflective Impact Journal, Pursuing Greatness Every Day. It's due to be released in January as well. Pete agreed to be my very first interviewee. In this episode, you're going to learn about Pete the man as well as Pete the educator. It truly is an awesome interview. I know you're going to love it. So join me in January for Pete Hall, the man, the myth, the legend. Oh, thank you.